Hello and welcome to the show. Welcome back if you've listened before to the Simply Intuitive podcast. My name is Michelle Pilipich. I am a registered dietitian and certified personal trainer specializing in intuitive eating, healing from disordered eating or eating disorders, and really just helping people find their best health with no rules and restrictions. I'm very excited about today's episode. I had a chat with Izzy Seidel. Izzy is amazing. She is such a fun Instagram follow. She is really in the running world here in New York City and just in general, um, really promotes an active lifestyle, but in such a fun way that I think she's really sending the message to everyone who follows her that fitness and being physically active can be something enjoyable and it doesn't have to be this rigid routine that leaves you slaving away in the gym for a certain body type. We had such a good conversation about just her history with both exercise, running, as well as her relationship with food and body, how it's been for her and her sister, Molly Seidel, the Olympic marathoner. Um, We talked about how she has been affected by her sister and that sisterly comparison I know is so, so common for so many people. So might be relatable um, if you've dealt with that before. So I hope you'll enjoy this episode. It is a really good chat and it might be inspiring to you to just kind of reevaluate your relationship with exercise and how that's looking in your life right now. If you do enjoy, I hope you'll leave a five-star rating and review. I would super appreciate that. You can also share the episode on social media, tag me on Instagram at Michelle Pilipich Nutrition let me know you're listening. I would be so thrilled to see that. So anyway, let's get into it. Time to start this episode. I hope you enjoy the chat that I had with Izzy Seidel. All right. Welcome, Izzy. Thanks for joining me on the show. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited. Um, I did confess to you that I accidentally on purpose called you (laughs) to try and get you on this show. Thank God you didn't hear that. Um, But I'm glad we found our way to each other. I respect the resourcefulness. This is exciting. It's been a while since I've been on a podcast. So I feel like I have a lot of life updates since since I've been on a podcast. I'm honored that you asked me. Like People actually want to hear my thoughts here. Of course. (laughs) I'm honored we get the updates. So before we dive into life updates, um, why don't we backtrack tell us who you are what you do for your career and where you fit into the health wellness world yes so my name is izzy seidel i am a freelance content creator in new york city Um, i primarily create work on instagram i work with mostly brands in like the fashion and fitness space Um, but i have a huge just love for running that's definitely like a big pillar of the content that i create and it's been a big part of my life for over a decade. Um, and then I, I definitely touch as well on kind of that health and wellness space. But essentially, my MO is like keeping running fun. And I'm a, I'm a big rollerblader, I will also admit. So <laughs> and I have to acknowledge, most people know me for my sister, uh, who is <laughs> happens to be an Olympic marathoner. <laughs> So it just happens. But today's about you. This is your moment. Awesome. Thank <laughs> you. About her. Um, yeah, I love that you're rollerblading. Rollerblading is having such a moment right now. Such a moment. Um, I know. I like to say that I, 
I picked it up before it became trendy, but also it's been like a thing since the 80s. So I cannot say I invented bleeding. (laughs) We're just going to say you're the trendsetter. That works. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So with running and rollerblading, whatever, just kind of like having such an active lifestyle because based on your Instagram stories, it seems like you are literally always on the move. Um, (laughs) How did you get into the fitness world? Like just having activity is such a part of your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel really lucky that. So I am from like a rural area in Wisconsin. I went to a really small school and so I have a brother and sister and my parents were really like cognizant about like keeping us in activities, I would say ever since we were really young. Um, And we definitely all kind of like grew this love for sports and being outside and um, also just trying a bunch of different sports. So growing up, we did field hockey and skiing and sailing and soccer and tennis. And now obviously running is probably my main like modality as well as my sister but we didn't really start running until like high school I would say competitively so um, it was really just growing up with kind of a love for movement and just trying a lot of different sports and not being forced into a specific one necessarily Um, so I'm really thankful that our parents kind of let us figure out what we liked and what we wanted to pursue Um, But they started us young. So, and it was, we were always super interested in it. So, that's awesome. I rarely meet people who have played field hockey. That's so exciting. That was my high school. Were you a field hockey player? Amazing. It was my thing. And I miss it so much. But, like, I always say, you know, it's so disappointing that adults don't really like casually play pickup field hockey for fun. Like, they only continue if people are really good. So, I don't play anymore, which is so sad, but I loved it. I field hockey was my big, honestly, that was my big sport until running. And I actually thought I was going to play field hockey in college. Um, I started playing field hockey when I was like in, I was probably like eight years old, seven or eight. And um, it's, there's a really competitive field hockey circuit in Southeastern Wisconsin where I'm from. And so I played field hockey for years. And then about my sophomore year of high school, I started to get more into running and I was kind of weighing the cost and benefit of, do I go with the field hockey? Do I go with the running? And I ended up choosing running, um, which I'm thankful for, but uh, I do, I do love field hockey a lot. I miss it. So. That's amazing. Yeah. I did not know it was a thing over in the Midwest, Wisconsin's the Midwest. Not many people know. Yes, it is. It's really big in Chicago. They have like a big windy city circuit. So we kind of are like a kind of just like the runoff, I guess, of that. (laughs) The riffraff of field hockey. That's so funny. Yeah. I, my hometown didn't have a program for like younger kids. It only started in high school. So my fourth grade gym teacher had taught us in gym and she like told me I had potential when I was like nine years old. And that really went to my head. And I was like, yes, that's hockey. So after years of tennis lessons, my parents were disappointed that all the money they spent on tennis went to waste and I switched to field hockey, but I was much Field hockey is the only sport that I'm good at. Any other, like, as I had mentioned, like our parents put us in tennis. I'm horrible at tennis, like so bad. (laughs) fatal at it so I'm not not good good at it (laughs) yeah my brother who's never taken lessons is easily way better than me it's kind of sad um yeah (laughs) so with running 
What was it that initially drew you to stick with that after dabbling in literally everything? Yeah, I would say my sister puts it so well. She mm-hmm. is someone that is super, and she was obviously like a huge inspiration for me. Um, I was not a runner, and but I was very athletic. So I was like a midfielder in field hockey. So I did a lot of running and she was starting to really have a lot of success in the running area. And so she's two years older. So this was like her freshman and sophomore year of high school. I was still in um, middle school. And then it was just kind of like, uh, we pretty much just assumed like, Izzy's going to do a race because like, if Molly is this good, she must be like, okay at it. And so I did a race my freshman year um, fall. And I ended up getting like, I was so nervous going into it. Like, it was a like a varsity JV situation. And we were like, does Izzy do that varsity? Does Izzy do the JV? Because I had literally never done a cross country race before. And I ended up getting like fifth place or something in the we decided to put me in the varsity race. And I was like, okay, this is like, maybe there's something here. Um, and I would say, and I, I definitely don't even feel like I was like, wow, I'm like a super confident runner. I loved the competitive aspect of it. Um, because it's, and I would say it's really interesting. Our parents actually put us in a lot of sports that are like, uh, like non-team sports, which running is a team sport, but it is also such like a, a soul endeavor type sport. And I love that it was just, like you're it's a it's a really competitive sport and you can like compare your times obviously and there's mm-hmm. a it's a really great sport to be able to like see your progression and so I did that first race and was like maybe I'll just like keep doing this and I um I wasn't super committed to running honestly I was definitely like a field hockey player first and then I would do running on the side I would literally just do the races um, which is like insane to think back. Like I, I literally did not train. Um, and then I actually like my sister just being this really big inspiration. Um, I did go to state like my freshman and sophomore year when I like running wasn't my main thing. And then I saw my sister go to nationals when she was a senior and she won and she just had all of these opportunities open up to her. Um, she, you know, got a scholarship to, Notre Dame and she just was like really had this prolific career and I was like you know what I think maybe if I can devote myself to this sport maybe I can achieve something similar and so I like kind of took the leap of faith and I quit field hockey which was really hard um I like quit it cold turkey essentially my junior year and it was tough because like all my best friends were on the team there was no also I must note we did not have a track or cross country team at my school. So it was literally just my sister and me. And so I was like, what am I doing? Like we had a coach, but we, I had no teammates. So I was just like, I don't, looking back, I'm like, I don't know how I decided to do this, but I just like, I had faith that if I put the effort into it, it was going to work out and it ended up working out. So I had my junior, I like progressed so much more once I started training. Um, And then I ended up um, senior year, like winning, my big goal was to like win state. And um, I had a really uh, unfortunate like situation in cross country my senior year where I actually had kidney failure at the state meet. Uh, So that was tragic. 
Um, and I was really, really bummed about that. But then I came back. To, really, it, was, it was pretty tough. <laughs> but I came back in the spring and I won the mile and two mile. And then I um, committed to Northwestern. So, and that's where I then ran in college. So Wow. True redemption there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. That's like my, my just like, oh yeah, my, I happen to have kidney failure, yeah, but like, yeah. I'm okay now. Right. The kidney's doing good. Yep. The kidneys are all good now. So. Great. Glad to hear it. Wow. What, what a trajectory. So that has been the sports activity exercise trajectory kind of we still have to get to present day um yeah but obviously i am a dietitian talk a lot about yeah. food nutrition and relationship with food so since exercise and food are so tied together i'm also curious how your relationship with food has been over the course of your life yeah i also think like I think a lot of it ties back to my parents and how they raised us. And we just I had like a very wholesome upbringing. And also one thing I'm kind of grateful for about not having like the silver lining of not really having like teammates and stuff in high school was that the comparison game was like non-existent for me um, other than like comparing my like times to other girls. I never was like comparing my training or like, all of the other factors that went into making myself a good runner to like other people, because I didn't have anyone else to really base it off of. Um, other than like my sister, I would say, and we had a pretty like healthy, wholesome upbringing. Um, I never like, I in complete honesty, like never struggled with food issues in high school, which I'm like so lucky now looking back um, because I know that like, it's a huge, it's so prevalent in running from like young ages on. And I've had teammates then in college who express like that they struggled with it from a young age. So that's one thing I'm like very thankful for that I did not like deal with, but I hate to say that it's like really not the case for everyone. Honestly, I'm probably kind of an anomaly. Um, so that's kind of where I was at with Absolutely. in high school. Yeah. So what was it like then transitioning to college and learning that, oh, this is a real problem yeah. for people? I think one of the, um, first of all, I would never change a thing for like my college experience. I absolutely loved being an athlete in college and mm -hmm. it helped me grow so much. Um, but I do think you also, you're kind of in like almost like a echo chamber with you're obviously grouped with, it was a really interesting experience then for me to get teammates because uh, I never had them before. And you spend all your time with these teammates and it's like, you're living with them. You're going to the dining hall with them. You're training with them. You're doing classes with them. And I would say it's tough not to compare yourself to your teammates, even if they are like your best friends. Um, because at the end of the day, you're all trying to achieve like the same thing. Um, and some girls had different priorities than others. Some were more like I would say, um, intense about the sport than others. But I do think I would say in college, I definitely had some like orthorexia tendencies. Um, and I think that this is honestly really common, not just in running, but in like all sports. Um, yeah, yeah and I like very common. Jacked up mm -hmm. quick definition um, for anyone who has yeah. <laughs> Please do define. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure many people do know, because as you're saying, it's such a part of our culture, especially on social media, but mm -hmm. orthorexia, um, 
is a newer diagnosis that is less of the focus on restricting food quantity and calories and intake and more this hyper fixation on healthy food and quote unquote clean eating and needing to just prioritize health as much as possible, which obviously can become very unhealthy um, because mm-hmm. that obsession and stress is really harmful. So what, what would you say was the main influence in creating more of that focus in you um, in college and later on? I think it's tough because it's almost like a double-edged sword of we had at, so at Northwestern, we had an amazing, actually like amazing nutrition department. Um, They had so many staff nutritionists for the athletes and we had um, like there towards the end of my career, we actually had like a special athlete dining hall. Um, And so it was, it was very nice. Like literally the facilities were, I cannot complain. Um, but we would have like nutrition classes and stuff. And I do think at times there were, they, sometimes the nutritionist didn't understand maybe how you needed to kind of read the room with like what sports team they were dealing with. And I think sometimes they just didn't, especially with running, it is a sport that really deals with a lot of like eating disorders are pretty prevalent. And I'm also, I will say really lucky that we had a lot of girls that had super healthy relationships with food on my team, but I also did see maybe at other schools that wasn't quite the case because I think like, it's like once you have one problem, it can turn into two and then it can almost become like a little systematic. And so I'm lucky that we didn't really have um, a lot of like kind of bad influences on the team. Um, But I do think like they really would stress like, healthy eating to a point where it's like, oh, if I'm not eating healthy, like I'm not going to run well. Um, and I think I will also note, like I was gluten-free, um, a very, for a very long time, actually from like my senior year or junior year of high school up until my junior year of college. So four years. And I did that out of like thinking that it was healthier. And now I look back on it and I'm like, I don't know why I did that because I, easily was I was not gluten intolerant um and it also kind of came a bit from like my sister was gluten or gluten-free so I was like I'm gonna be gluten-free um and which like I I don't blame her like that was something that I was just like you know if she's gonna do it I'm gonna do it too she's so good at running maybe this will be good for me yes my older sister would you know was like oh she doesn't like tomatoes they must be terrible I'm never gonna eat tomatoes or yeah yes yeah (laughs) and I will say like I was the only one on the team though that was gluten-free so it wasn't like or maybe there was like one other girl um but we we definitely like I think they just it was, they tried, it was like, they're trying to help us with this nutrition department of like healthy eating is so good for you. But I think I had already gone into college, like being a pretty healthy eater. And it was like, they're kind of hitting you over the head with like eat healthy. And it kind of got to a point where you almost feel like, well, I guess I can't eat like unhealthy. Um, and so I think, and then also when you like, look at what your other teammates are doing, it can kind of be like, Oh, well, it's like, and I had some teammates that were probably like, really really healthy and you're like well, if they're running well and they're really healthy maybe I should do that so I do mm-hmm. think like this is kind of just a problem across a lot of sports teams especially because you're just spending a ton of time together um but that was definitely I think the height of my like orthorexia was in college and I will say my junior year I stopped being gluten-free and 
I probably just had like a more like lax approach to eating, honestly, because I was like, what is the point here with like only ever eating healthy? And I actually got better at running. So, <laughs> so there you have it. <laughs> I, yeah, before you said that, I would have bet that that was yeah. the case. incredible. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's tricky with sports and college and just those um, environments because sports nutrition is a thing and there's a lot that's mm-hmm. valid in terms of what you can do and want to do with your nutrition to improve in your sport. And it is not as meticulous as most people think. And there's so much more wiggle room. So yeah, I love that. The, the gluten powered you. <laughs> yeah. I, literally, I see my gateway back to gluten was English muffins, which are like one of my favorite foods. I just like started oh, um, eating a lot of English muffins and like somehow, because uh, it takes a bit, if you are gluten free and you try to incorporate gluten back into your diet it's like not easy um because your stomach just isn't used to it so uh English muffins that was my gateway incredible that's one of my favorite pre-runs yeah (laughs) I love them so much yeah so the this orthorexic mindset was sort of an issue what about body image in that scenario of being around your team the messaging you were getting because similar to like eat healthy to run better this ridiculous idea of like, you have to be at your racing weight mm-hmm. and if you're lighter than you're faster is so prominent in the running world. Yeah. And I hear it from clients as young as high school, which is so ridiculously sad. Um, so did that pop up and how did you deal with that? I think again, like I was really lucky to just have teammates that were like, so bad had lived really balanced lives they weren't running wasn't the end all be all like it was running was adding to our life it wasn't like the center of our life and so I had a lot of teammates that had like really healthy like bodies I would say um I've never been a like stick skinny runner um I hate that like a lot of people will use the term like I'm like a stronger looking runner and it's like no I just don't have like five percent body fat looking, looking strong <laughs> is not a thing this is like, it's like my soapbox. yeah look strong people are strong yeah different sizes people are weak in all different sizes so mm-hmm. ugh, yes it really yeah is that so that is like definitely one thing where I would will say like sometimes yeah it does get you when you like you would go and I think also it's I have a very interesting perspective of like bot like a healthy body I feel like in the running space from also just like what my sister went through and seeing her transition from college to professional running because you'll actually notice I have a lot of friends now that are pro runners and yes a lot of them are super lean but you can you can tell they're like they are strong and the one thing that like and I've learned this from my sister is that and she's like she'll admit that she was like your body cannot like essentially like she obviously went through um, an eating disorder. She's very open about it. And she was like breaking bones left and right in college because she was way underweight. Her bone density was horrible. And that's something she's going to deal with for the rest of her life now, unfortunately, Um, because your bones are like, that is such an important like time in your life where your bones are like getting strong essentially. Um, And so that's like kind of a price she paid. And she realized like, when you go into that pro world, your body, like if you're frail, essentially, like you can't handle the training. Um, and so it's really important to, if you want longevity in the sport, like essentially you see it as like, 
yes, there's the quick fix of like maybe losing a lot of weight and like the lighter is faster approach in college. I think a lot of girls fall victim to that. But in the long run, you'll see a lot of these girls who excel so well in college and then they kind of drop off the face of the earth because they start sustaining injuries after college where they, they just can't keep up the training maybe that they were doing. And so my sister, like, I'm so thankful that she, she was like very aware of this. And she she was like, if I don't like get my act together, like I'm not going to be able to run pro. Um, And so I think also like one thing I'll note is I never have had a desire to be a pro runner. And Mm -hmm. so like the average person who is a runner and maybe is seeing all these people that are like really skinny, honestly, and running well. And like, they're not in like the pro running world, but they're like, Oh, if I I'm that size, like maybe I will run faster. Like know that they're like, it's not healthy to have your body like being on like running on fumes in order to run fast. Like it's just not worth it. Um, It does. It's not longevity. Like you were saying, it's like, are you in it for this one race or are you in it to be able to enjoy this for as long as you can in your life, which yeah. is so much, so much more beneficial, not only physically, but mentally as well. Yeah. And I'll say like probably 99.9% of the runners out there are doing running for longevity and because yeah. they like it and they like it, how it makes their body feel, they're not doing it to be Olympians. And so it's like, it's, it just is detrimental to put your body in a state like that in order to like run maybe a PR that then you'll never be able to hit again because your body is breaking down or something like that. So right. that's the perspective I have on it, I guess. Going piece is so important. Yeah. These, the harmful effects that are internal and not as noticeable externally, which obviously once you break a bone, you notice it, but mm-hmm. just the bone density that people don't necessarily see declining on a day-to-day basis is yeah. really detrimental, especially for women. Um, yeah. And most people don't know that you reach – I'm going to mess up the exact numbers, but I think close to like 95% of your peak bone density by age, like 25. So mm-hmm. that yeah. in high school and college, when girls are just running themselves to the ground and guys, um, and, and yeah. gender, it's mm-hmm. really, really tricky. So speaking of your sister, we mm-hmm. are going to talk about her a little bit, obviously this is your story, <laughs> but yeah. Um, but she's an important part of the story. So I will say I have no, I'll acknowledge I have no problem talking about Molly. She's like literally my biggest inspiration in life. So I I love talking about her, honestly. Amazing. Amazing. And I think that it will be really cool and important for people to hear from you because so many clients, I would say every, I hesitate to ever say like always, never any extremes, but I think Mm -hmm. every client that I have worked with on their relationship with food who has a sister struggles with comparison to their sisters. Mm-hmm. So yeah, whether it's with like body, food, running, weight, um, all of that, how has your sister played a role in your life in that regard? Um, I mean, obviously she's like the reason I'm running and where I am today. Um, I, I do like wholeheartedly say that like she is such a big reason of why I am where I am today. And I so many, one of the most asked questions I get is like, do you compare yourself to your sister? And I will, in terms of like actual running skill level, I will say it has never been like, 
I've never really compared myself as a runner to her because mm-hmm. she is like the reason I got into this sport. It was never like I'm I'm doing this to be better than her because first of all, I'm just not like I've accepted <laughs> I will never be faster than her. Um, but it's it was like wow, like she's achieving so many amazing things. Like this is awesome, and this is so cool to have a figure like this literally at my fingertips. Um, and she's just always been like she we. I'm so lucky that we never we're like competitive with each other. Um, we are like, she's literally like one of my best friends and yeah, we've just like, I'm so lucky that we have an amazing relationship. Um, and I do think like as well with training, like she's always been more of like an inspirational, um, like figure to me than like somebody that I'm competing against. Um, so that's kind of like with the whole comparison game, I, I, again, I just feel like I'm, I, I'm lucky that like, kind of with our upbringing, we just like my siblings are my best friends. And um, like a lot of people, some people don't know we have a brother. Um, and he also super interesting perspective, because so many people ask him, like, do you like, what does it feel like to be like, your sister be this crazy, like Olympian? And he's like, it's cool. Like I, and I have no desire to run. Like, yeah. it's not his thing. He doesn't want to. Um, and yeah, it's, I think like, I'm, I'm lucky that I've never really been in that like comparison game with her. I will say, um, when we lived together, so obviously like an eating disorder is something that you, I don't think a lot of people are under the assumption that like you can cure it. And I don't think eating disorders necessarily can be cured. There's something that they can be like managed. And so this is something my sister has talked about as well. And it's something she just dealt with um, from like kind of an early age when she started running. And it was hard at times um, living with her and seeing her struggling because I like I'm super like observant and I could tell when um, things were off. And that is hard to also see like uh, like it, it broke my heart, honestly, like seeing those things and having to be the one to um, like call her out sometimes on things and be like, it's okay. Like, I like to think that I was like, hopefully somebody that was like helpful to her in um, expressing like if she was struggling. Um, But it was definitely hard. Yeah. Is that something that you talked about in terms of like being a support person and what she Mm -hmm. wanted you to do and how she wanted to receive support? Because I know for families, any family member or friend, of someone struggling, it can be really hard. And there's a lot of worry about like, am I saying the wrong thing? So yeah, did you yeah. talk about it? Yeah, I mean, you have to be so like, you really, you really have to be like careful on how you like kind of tiptoe around the subject too, because it's like, it's super emotional. And it's like, um, essentially, Molly has explained before that it's almost a bit like, um, like alcoholism or something where it's like, obviously you don't want to be struggling with this, but it's something that you just can't, like, you can't, you can't just like flip a switch and it's like gone. And so, um, it was definitely like being really like careful about how I approached things, but also knowing like when I needed to say something. Um, and I definitely think like there were times where she struggled even like more recently. And it's, it's hard to, um, like I'm, I'm never, in like a position where I'm like, I'm mad at you that you're doing this. It's more like, I know that you're struggling and I want to help you. Um, and like, at the end of the day, there's only so much I can do. And I, it was hard at times when I was living with her and I was like seeing her go through these things. Um, but it's, 
at the end of the day, just like kind of being there for her was my top priority. So. Yeah. Did that ever affect how you thought about your own eating? Like, did you ever feel like, oh, am I leaning towards yeah. more than the orthorexia experience? I do think there would be times where I'd be like, wow, like, like sometimes I would compare maybe like what I'm eating versus like what Molly would be eating, which that's, it. that's, a, it's tough. Um, but it's just like kind of going back to like, no. And the a thing I have to remind myself so often is she is an Olympian. She is a pro runner. That is literally her job. This is my hobby. Like that is where we are fundamentally different. And I like, essentially I just a lot of times when we were living together would just need to remind myself like this sport is different for us like fundamentally different like this is her job this is my just like fun time and I do yeah I do think that there were definitely times where I'm like oh like this is what she's eating therefore I should be eating this or she's not eating that therefore I should not be eating that um but it's just kind of like trying to like keep perspective of like oh this sport is like objectively ridiculous that we do and like you should be able to eat whatever you want like yes. it's not gonna kill you so yeah. yeah that's such important perspective and something that I emphasize to everyone um who I talk to when there is comparison that you notice in yourself whether it's with a friend yeah a family member or especially people on social media like yeah looking at that girl with a six-pack nine times out of 10, they're getting paid to maintain the six pack. Like there's no way to do that unless mm-hmm. it's your literal job. So yeah, it, it creates such an unrealistic picture. So yeah, a really helpful mindset and reframe to remind people of like, mm-hmm. if it's yeah. your job, you're not going to be yeah. doing what someone else is doing. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So for you, running is for fun. And mm-hmm. that is like, I mean, I think that's like your brand, your persona. (laughs) Fun. (laughs) Thank you. What What are the ways that you keep it fun? You know, how Mm -hmm. do you get into that mindset? How do you maintain that mindset, especially running in communities that might be of like really fast people who are still doing it for fun? Um, But yeah, what what keeps that mindset for you? I will say, like my the way that I've thought about running has evolved so much since I started now that was like over 10 years ago, um, especially just with the different environments that I've lived in. So in high school, I had like a really balanced approach to it because it was just like fun for me. And like, I didn't have people to really compare myself to college. I kind of talked about where um, I definitely was like a bit more of, I think I was like more intense than I needed to be, um, for like how mediocre I was in college. Like I was not good. Like I never went to nationals, but I like had a fun time, I guess. Um, but I think like I really had an, a new perspective on running when I graduated and I was like, what do I do? Like, I actually thought I was going to step away from the sport because a lot of my other teammates had done that and just like had different priorities which like I respect them for that that they were like able to just put it on the back burner and I actually I moved to Boston um after graduating because my sister was like move to Boston and I like immediately when I got there was like there's no way I can give up this sport like Boston 
it's an amazing running city. The community there is just amazing. And I was also working for Tracksmith. So it was like running was literally like I was living and breathing running. And um, which for people that don't know, Tracksmith is a running apparel company. And I was part of their racing team as well. Um, And that is where I made all of my best friends. Um, And so running became a huge part of my life, actually, because that was like, how I hung out with my friends and we would go to parties that were for like the team and um, running was just like a really big part of my life. And I would say actually it's interesting because I got more into running, I would say after graduating. And I actually got a lot better at running after Mm -hmm. graduating because I was so much just like, I think in college I was like kind of an anxious person. And I think I, a lot of people would say I'm like very different than I was in college. I'm way more outgoing and like chatty and just like more of like a, like that's hilarious. Yeah. I tell my friends who I've met in New York that I used to be so shy and they're like, stop lying, Michelle. We don't believe you. (laughs) I like, yeah. Like I wonder if people look at me from college and are like, what happened to this girl? (laughs) And I think it was just, I was like less stressed. And it also was like in the college running, if when you're an athlete, your sport is a bit of like your job. And once I was graduated, I was like, I'm, this is completely my choice, whether or not I want to do this. And so I just got really into it. And I was also just training like crazy and then COVID hit and I had so much time to train um, to the point that I like, I honestly, I look back and I'm like, I will never be able to do as much training as I did when I was like living in Boston during the like height of the pandemic. Um, And there definitely was a point where it got like maybe a little unhealthy. I was, I was running like 80 miles a week and it's that Strava game where you like see the number going up and you can't go down. Um, But uh, which is which is tough um but i i like was i was enjoying it um and it was just something that like i wanted to be doing and um i definitely i did get to a point though where so i was like almost 2 years into living in boston and my training was like kind of crazy and i was like literally like all i do is run and which it was fine because that was how i was hanging out with my friends and like that was a huge social aspect but it came, it definitely like started to run through my mind. Like, how long can I keep this up? Like Mm -hmm. it got to a point where I was like, I don't know if I can do this forever. And then I got injured, um, very injured to a point where I like could not run for a few months. And that was hard. Um, especially when your whole social life revolves around running and your job revolves around running. Yeah. And that is something that I see so often like, Oh, running is my outlet. It's my social life. It's my like mental health savior my mm-hmm. everything so yeah injury like, don't put all your eggs in one basket right. <laughs> do not I absolutely cannot like yes it's beneficial for stress relief and mental health and all of that and it's not beneficial when it's the only way you're getting those mm-hmm. things so yeah what did that kind of force you to lean into yeah I mean it was it was honestly like when it happened too so it happened in the uh like January of my uh or January of 2021 So like a year and a half ago, I was literally in the best shape of my life. Um, And I all of a sudden, like one day started feeling this really sharp pain in my shin and I was an idiot and I ran on it and I did myself in and that I essentially started like a year of problems with like my shin and I didn't run for like 
and it was like the dead of winter also. So everyone's inside. Boston was like shut down because of the pandemic. And all my friends were out running together and I was like on a stationary bike. And it just kind of gave me a lot of perspective. I was like, wow, this is like truly like, I think I've, I've centered running. It's like too much a pillar in my life to a point where I'm like, it's the only thing about me. It's like, I felt like it was defining me a little too much. And I think I just had a lot of time to think on that stationary bike (laughs) and like a lot of time. And I definitely like, I kept up the like training and I actually went and lived with my sister in Flagstaff for a month during that period. And I kind of like, I was able to like recover and got back into running and obviously like Flagstaff is a super running heavy place. Um, But it's interesting right before I went and visited my sister in Flagstaff, I went to New York for a weekend and I did this running challenge. Uh, I did the Goggins challenge with um, people that I had never met before. Um, one of them was like Chris Chavez, who's does Sidious Mag. And there were some Brooklyn chocolate people. I never thought I wanted to move to New York. I was like, that city is gross and dirty and loud. And like Boston is so amazing. But yeah. after that weekend, it was really interesting because it was like this running challenge, but everyone that did it was not like, a super intense runner, I would say. They're more just like people that like running is a part of their life to some extent. And I was like, this is kind of awesome. Like, I love that these people are just like doing this to like do this. It's not like we're going for a time. Like, and then also I just kind of like realized how much I liked the city. And I was like, I think I need like a change in my life because I've just been injured and like I'm realizing running is too much a part of my identity. And um, then I essentially was like, you know what? I want to move to New York. And I started looking at jobs in New York and I didn't look back. Um, and I, I would say now my relationship with running is like probably the best it's ever been. Because, sorry if this is like such a tangent, but this, I feel like this is kind of the most imperative part of the story here. So listen up. Um, I, one thing that like, I had a really hard time quitting my job at Tracksmith because I was like, this is literally my identity. Like everybody knows me as like Tracksmith. And what do I do if I'm not like an employee there? And like, like I pretty much just like burned my whole life down and like started it over. And when I moved to New York, actually, I took a really long time off from running because my body was just under so much stress of moving cities and literally every single thing about my life changed. I moved cities. I had no friends. I switched jobs and my whole body honestly just kind of got out of whack. I actually dealt with a lot of stomach problems that I think were stress induced. I developed a gluten intolerance for real this time and dairy, which was really hard, really hard. So essentially like my whole body was out of whack and I was like, what am I doing with my life? But I joined Brooklyn Track Club because I was like, I still need to have running as like some part of my life. And even if I'm taking like some time away from it and I was like kind of dealing with an injury again. Um, and I met all of these amazing teammates that have the best perspective on running because they, a lot of them like didn't run in college or they found the sport later in life. And it is truly just like a means for having fun in their life. And it's not all about like running fast times or maybe like, obviously they're all super motivated and they want to run fast times, but they're not like, they're literally of all skill levels, all part of the spectrum of like really fast to like just starting out. And I just like, it was so 
cool. Like seeing this perspective through their eyes of like, oh, running is not the end all be all. And you can like, you can make this what you want it to be. And I ended up like building these amazing friendships who now all these people I would consider my like best friends. And through that period of like taking a lot of time off and being injured and like trying to get back into it, I just feel like I learned a lot of like got a lot of perspective on the sport and how it's like literally this is we're doing this because we like it and because it's a choice. And now I'm like I feel like I'm at a pretty healthy place where it's like I'm get I'm kind of on a comeback. I'm finally running again. I'm healthy. And it's just like, I I feel like grateful that I'm able to do this because there was a really long period where I wasn't able to. And I do think that everybody kind of needs to like step away from the sport. Maybe if they're like kind of becoming too obsessed with it to like gain perspective on life. And like, I will say during that period where I wasn't running, I was like having the time of my life. I was like, go, I was like going out a lot and like socializing a ton, but it was like a huge growth period in my life. I like learned a lot about myself. I made a lot of friends and I don't regret it. I'm definitely like not in the best shape of my life, but I have a super fulfilling life now in New York. So it's all, you got to look at the kind of like the pros. Yes, that is amazing to hear. And I think you're so right. Like, I, I think it's so true. You know, if you don't give yourself a break every now and then your body will force you to. And yeah. yes. we hope that most people don't have to learn it that way because what you said yeah. is so true and important that stress really does impact our bodies and I so much. tell people like exercise is stress on your body and typically mm-hmm. it's a positive stress but when you have too many built up then it becomes a negative one so yeah it sounds like it taught you a lot about just life yeah <laughs> like how to care for yourself physically yeah it was truly like it kind of all came crashing down where it was like oh I like have to like actually like deal with this because I I was at a point where like the stress was really affecting my like quality of life in terms of like my stomach and like being injured and just like there were a lot of areas that it was like really taking a toll and I do think a lot of it was to just like work and all these new things coming at me um but it it made me like stop and be like okay I can literally do whatever I want this is not life or death if I'm not running for a little bit And I want to make friends. I don't want to be like super, like maybe saying no to a social opportunity because I have to go for a run or like do something. And that was like the best decision I could have made because I've ended up making now all of these friends that um, are going to be like lifelong friends. And maybe if I had like really doubled down too much on running, I would not have, I wouldn't be in the place that I am now. So Exactly. exactly. Amazing. Amazing. So we are almost running short on time. So we need to, of course, talk about mm-hmm. the ultimate fun project that you see. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even want to say too much because I'm not going to do it justice, but please, will you enlighten us about the new, yeah. the wonderful Sad Girl Track Club? Yeah. So it's hilarious because I started this like truly as a joke and I'll, I'll say like all of the titles have very self-deprecating humor, especially my like sister and I, my brother as well, but my sister and I pretty much like, just as like a joke, I found like this niche of raccoon memes on Instagram. This is like probably going on a year and I would just like, my sister and I would just like DM them to each other. 
they're so stupid. They're literally so stupid. But I just like got so much like joy out of them because they're so stupid. They're funny. Oh and like, yeah, literally it's like harmless. And um, when I decided to like go freelance full time, I, um, I like just one day was like, you know what? I'm just gonna like start my own meme account. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I can do it. Yeah. And this yeah. literally was just out of my own enjoyment. Like this was a joke to my sister. I literally like screenshotted her and I sent it. And I was like, "Am I delusional?" <laughs> and I just like, was making random. I was like, I like get so much joy out of these. And I had been I've been posting like reposting raccoon memes on my Instagram story for like a very long time. Um, I have a highlight on my story and it just says like inspo and it's like raccoon memes um and so I like sent this to my sister and I was like I'm just like gonna make my own raccoon memes because I can and so I like posted maybe there were like three posts on the account like no followers literally none like me and my sister and I um I was actually like at PT and I remember coming out of the PT appointment and I looked at the account just like like just opened it up and it had like 500 followers all of a sudden it was like like in within like an hour I was like what just happened and so my sister had reposted it on her story like haha like Izzy you've made these raccoon memes and from then on it has just really struck a note with like the entire running community I guess like it's we're at like 6,500 um I started it about a month ago I would say and it's hilarious because I just like get a lot of joy out of it. It And I'll, so now to explain like what the content is, they are like niche raccoon memes that nod to like running culture. And so the, a lot of, they, it plays a lot with like Strava and like Garmin mm-hmm. and like all of the tropes of running. Right. And I think it's like, there aren't a ton of like running niche meme accounts out there. So um, I'm, I love that, like, they're resonating with people. The insights are insane on these two, like people, I so I have, it's a business account. So I can like see um, a lot of insights about like saves and shares. People are sharing some of these like upwards of 400 times. Uh, This, this account is like almost getting more engagement than my, like my own account. (laughs) So it's really, I love that. Like I'm just making these stupid memes and they're like maybe bringing like a small, like bit of like humor to someone's day. Um, And it was really crazy. I did a race on Saturday and I had so I was waiting at the finish line for one of my friends. So all of these runners are passing me. Mm-hmm. And so many people came up to me and were like, Oh my god, sad girl track club. <laughs> I was like, how do you know? <laughs> so and they're like, Oh my god, I love it. So the like and so many people are like, or they'll they'll be like, Wait, you run this account? And it is it's both my sister and me, Bill, honestly. It's like mostly me. Um and I've just like I've been loving it so far. And I'm I now I'm like, wow, like people are so engaged with this account and they're like it's really like like the humor I think has been missing in this running space and it's like resonating with a lot of people and I plan on like hopefully turning this into more now because I'm noticing like there's just this big like white space for like putting the fun in running um I I like to think that like there aren't a ton of people out there on Instagram that are doing what I'm doing necessarily um where I'm just like I'm I am I do come from kind of like that elite space of running but now I have like a more like um, like laid back approach to running. I'm really into like 
my outfits and just like making it fun. And if raccoon memes are going to be part of that, like they're going to be part of that. So, um, (laughs) yeah, make it very fun. So I love that people are actually like really liking it and it's, I, I'm hoping it's going to grow into something more. So stay tuned. I think we're all anxiously awaiting the merch drop. (laughs) I, 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 it's, it's going to happen guys. I just need, I need some time to like really not jump the gun on it, but when when it comes, which it will, it's going to be good. I know that. So, <laughs> so. into it. I, I mean, I always joke my running outfits are like 100% black or 100% neon. And I recently discovered yes. this brand called Chicken Legs. And first of all, great name. But they have these amazing shorts. I um, Oh, because you ran the Pride Run, right? Yes. Yeah. So that I raced last weekend as well and was wearing my like Ooh. rainbow donut shorts. Got lots of compliments. I have shorts. I have rooster shorts. So I think a raccoon shirt. Raccoon. Really- a lot of people have said they want a raccoon on the shirt. And I'm like, I think I can find a way to do this. I want it to be tasteful, um, but and like on brand, but like somehow still incorporate like the trash and the raccoons. So. <laughs> it's all about the trash. Yeah. Well, Very trashy. Amazing. So we'll be watching that account very closely. Um, and before you plug your own accounts, I mean, that one and your other one, that doesn't matter as much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does not matter. <laughs> so one little fun wrap up question. I would love to know, um, since I love to talk about food, if it was your last day and there would be zero GI or fullness consequences, tell oh, us man. what is your ideal full day of eating? full day oh man I'm probably gonna wake up with like pop tarts I'm really into pop tarts right now like gluten-free ones but I would go like the full gluten one um so and everyone's gonna be like that's stupid Izzy like why pop tarts I'm like they slap um so pop tarts probably I will just like fit all the snacks in throughout the day probably because I'm able to love snacks um I've been very into, like, maybe this is a curveball, but, like, I love a good sweet green salad. Maybe just a little bit of health will go in there, like, at lunchtime. Okay, okay. Just a little bit. Um, I'm from Wisconsin, and frozen custard is really big there. It's amazing, but it wrecks my stomach. Um, so I would definitely have probably some frozen custard at some point. And what um, are you doing? I'm a big vanilla person, honestly, like, classic. Uh, so sorry if that's boring, but it's good in my opinion. Um, so we'll, we'll do some of that. Um, there will probably be like some, maybe some smoothies throughout and then dinner, there will 100% be thick cut French fries. Love French fries. Like so much that's potatoes are like probably my favorite form of food. So definitely French fries. There will be beer. I love beer. Um, I, beer is like the one thing I will not give up even with like being gluten-free. So there will be beer. Um, and maybe a charcuterie board. I just like love a good charcuterie board. So maybe like pick at that. Who knows? That was all over the place, but it's my last day. So there are no rules. <laughs> I love that collection of items. <laughs> Incredible. You'd have a great life. <laughs> very Wisconsin. I feel like very Midwest of me. So yeah. Yeah. With some sweet green, like Yes, with a little sweet green. It's just like a little bit, a little little health. I love it. Awesome. Well, Izzy, thank you so, so much for joining me um, for this conversation. Tell us where people can find you and follow along with everything you're doing. So uh, you can follow me. My main account is Isabel Seidel, spelled I-S-A-B-E-L. 
Um, although I go by Izzy. So Isabel Seidel is my main account. And then Sad Girl Track Club um, on Instagram as well. So I have two Instagrams. If you like the raccoons, go to Sad Girl Track Club. I have a TikTok. However, it is horrible. And it is also a Sad Girl Track Club. Um, don't follow that. And hopefully, those are the main places you can follow me at the moment. Um, I'm hoping there may be a podcast coming soon. So stay tuned. Um, but I'm not making any promises. So. Incredible. Incredible. So lots of things to watch, um, watch for. So great. I will be tagging you everywhere. Again, thanks for coming and chatting. Yeah, thank you for having me. This is very fun. I'm glad that maybe if this helps one person, that's a mission accomplished. Oh, it will. Or if we get one more follow on the Sad Girl Chocolate account. (laughs) You'll get many. (laughs) Amazing. Thanks. And that is our show. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you give Izzy a follow and check out all the amazing content she has on Instagram, both accounts. Obviously there's a lot going on. And I really hope that this conversation inspired you to reevaluate your relationship with fitness and just think about how you can sprinkle some more fun into it. And if that is something that you are struggling with or wanting to just kind of figure out for yourself, like, okay, what actually would be fun for me to do? Then check out my group program. It is the same name as this podcast, Simply Intuitive. I'll have it linked in the show notes as well as on my website. And in that program, I talk a lot about exercise along with nutrition and how to find a fitness routine that you love that's going to be life-giving rather than create more rigidity. So check it out. You can also DM me on Instagram if you have any questions about it. But if this sparked some thoughts, I think it might be a really good fit. So I hope you got something out of today and I will see you in the next one.